Welcome back to more of Wake Up with Matt Ham and Kevin Adams on 1180 WLTT. If you would like to call in, the number is 910-765-0097. That's 910-765-0097. Once again, here's Matt Ham and Kevin Adams. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Wake Up, the second hour today on Wednesday. Kevin's across from me today doing some jumping jacks. I don't know what he's doing. He's, 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 he's catching a wave. Oh, yeah. So Kevin is a, uh, is, is a, is a former uh, n- nice, very good. He just jumped into his chair. I wish I'm 50. You're 50. You are. I don't look it and I don't feel it. <laughs> you don't act it. <laughs> Can't wait to get to three digits. That's it, baby. One hundred. No, keep, I don't want to get there too quick. Keep it going. No, it's uh, it's really really cool. So so Kevin, for those of you who don't really know, kind of the backstory here, I'll just I'll, I'll share my side of it for a moment. Uh, I was living in Wilmington, North Carolina, and uh, have have uh, a small business here in town. I have an insurance agency, and and in the midst of that, I felt like God was doing something in me, and and called me to write and to speak, and was really wrestling with what that looked like. And as I wrestled with it for the better part of a couple years, um, I just I felt like I was in this place where I just was I wanted someone kind of to come alongside and 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 share this journey together. And so there I was, kind of you know. 33 years old praying for this. And of course, in my own mind, I had what that looked like or whatever. And somebody connected me with this guy named Kevin. Um, and his, he had a great story. And you check out his blog. And I did and was like, man, I can't handle that. It was a little bit too heavy for me, you know. Uh, it, it, and you know Kevin's story. You just know that there's, uh, I won't get into all of it. Go back and listen to old episodes because it's there. But, but, Kevin reached out to me and said, man, where's that zip code from on your phone? And he said, is that Wilmington? He said, it is. And he said, my wife and I are, are planning to move to Wilmington, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was just, it was really amazing because Kevin's in Franklin, Tennessee. I'm in Wilmington, North Carolina. And independently, God had kind of given both of us this idea, this vision. They've been working and stirring this thing together. And then Kevin kind of ends up on my doorstep asking about areas of town to live in. And Would you feed me? Yeah. <laughs> Would you help me? Well, the crazy part about it is, is as a <laughs> Coming back, you told me that literally your daughters are who paid for that trip for you to be able to come and even see what Wilmington was all about. They did, you know, and 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 to know the full story. Amazing young women, you know, to, faithful to to see the story of that played out, and then and then of course Kevin comes to town, and we start talking and have this conversation, and from that this this vision of a radio show births, and here we are on the show. It's just it's wild. It's just mm. it's mind boggling, and so. Uh, I can't. I can't even begin to kind of express all of it, but uh, but that's what this show is about. It's just about trusting God exclusively and and not letting the of get on you, and uh, and that's the of the world. You know, the world wants to to shake you down right. and strip away what you were really created to be and who you really are. You're a son or a daughter of a king, and uh, and that is what this is about. It's about venturing into that space where you watch Him do amazing things well outside your capacity so that you can't take uh credit for it. Well, yeah, and and I mean just to just to put a little more spin on that, uh you know, uh, my life uh, I've reached uh, uh, several pinnacles of success and uh however you want to look at it, um in in some capacity have been very successful. And that I mean it can be an adventure, it can be in uh, being published, it can be in 
Uh, I've been a published photographer, published author. I have been a millionaire on paper, owned real estate businesses, all this stuff. And you know what? It's all dust. It's all worthless. So what God did with my goofiness is he allowed me to fall completely from whatever height I thought I had achieved. You know, and, and it could be ghetto. I mean, <laughs> ghetto rich, whatever. I mean, there's no Bill Gates around here, but the the point is, is in doing that, God revealed to me who I am and my goofiness, and he reminded me that I love to surf, I love the sunshine, I love people, and forget all that pretense and all that crap, and 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 just fall flat on the concrete. And, you know, when you get up, you're bruised, uh, but then you then you can be used. And that's what this chapter of my life is about, is about being used and being poured out and, and, and loving and helping people through those things. So coming into to Matt's world, and, and, you know, I can I look back and I can see myself, but I see what I see in Matt is Matt is, is, is growing and, and got a, a hunger, like few people his age, and wants to uh, really, really... Uh, go there. So God gives him a friend that that, that can uh, encourage him along the way and also kind of shock him in, with some goofiness. Uh, but, you know, th- this idea of living by faith is is so important. You mentioned my daughters, and uh, yeah, we've, we've done that, but we've seen God do miraculous things. And, and he, I mean, it's just amazing. And, and so there's so many stories. We can do this show for years and there's story after story. We probably need to tell them more. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, so a minute ago, I was just kind of jumping up on my chair. It's a little spinny chair, and, and I can still do that, and fairly nimbly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. And uh, it's good practice for getting up on a surfboard. Uh, but uh, anyway, man. Uh, but the cool thing about that, where I was going with this whole picture is, is that, you know, when Kevin and I met, he talked about this desire to surf. And I just assumed that he was like surfing on the weekends, right? you know, but he wasn't. I mean, you know, he grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, surfing all the time, then moved yep. to Franklin, Tennessee, where there are no waves. And and I think you said on uh, on vacation a couple of times, maybe you'd, you'd gotten up on a board, yeah. you know, over the past, whatever, 20 years or right. something. But but you had this vision and desire to get back to the water, get That's back right. to surfing, but you didn't own a surfboard. And here I am in Wilmington. I'm like, man, he, I'm not. I'm not a surfer, right? But sir, that's what surfers do. They go and they surf. And so I'm just assuming that Kevin's surfing. And then it finally comes out that he's actually not surfing. And I'm like, well, why are you not surfing? And he was just like, well, man, I don't have a board, and I'm just trying. You know what I mean? All this right. kind of stuff. And then watching someone actually give you boards, two boards, two boards, without being asked. Yeah, to, nothing. It, to, and then you sent me a picture uh, of the beach, man. And it's like when I got the picture. I was just like emotionally <laughs> charged. I was like, man, God is so good. You know. Because because Kevin had this desire to go surfing, and I just had this idea yeah. of God just like Hercules, just doing his little <laughs> like you know Eddie Murphy, right? Just doing his little cheer yes. from the Nutty Professor. That's my God, you know. Yes, and it's so good. And, and it was just it's one of those moments where you're just like, man, God is more real than than we think, and yeah. He is better than we can imagine. Right. He's as real to us as we are to our own kids. Right. It's just that we have this this these glasses on right these 
these shielded big Elton John plated glasses, you know what I mean? And we can't, goggles, right? It's a welding mask. Yeah. <laughs> we can't, and it's gunked up with you know all yeah. kinds of mess. It looks, you know, what it looks like the glasses that we wear are like the jockeys on the Kentucky Derby. Have you ever seen the goggles those dudes? It's like yeah. it's caked with mud, and then they pull it off, and they're like, "I want to thank you so much." You know, it's like their whole face is clear then because their goggles are so caked yeah. with the mud it's from. Like, uh, my version of that would be, you know, some girl coming out of the tanning booth. <laughs> right. Same deal. Burnt everywhere, but just white around the right. eyes. Yeah, we've got these glasses on that keep us, and those glasses are so filled up with what we see every day in the world. We talked in the first hour about celebrity and just all the junk of that, and gosh knows, it's like we trade, we trade life and joy and and absolute freedom and peace for this little piddly stuff of 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 our own will that we think is going to be sustainable and it's going to bring us these things and it can't it's incapable yeah. and and you know it's and it sounds like and I'll be honest man it sounds like you know the the tension to me stepping into this Kevin is on the beginning in the early days of us having these conversations it it sounds kind of like holier than thou and self-righteous and pretentious. But at the end of the day, that's not our heart. And and you can't convince anybody of that. You know what I mean? And so everybody has to think what they will. This is our absolute heart poured out. We're not getting paid to be here. Right. This radio show is, is for you guys. It's for you to hopefully see through us and see how good God is and go to that place where you feel it, go to that place where you feel him and you watch him just love you man and yeah. that is uh and that's the heart behind it that's why we're here um you know just as a as a quick little plug we do have a website uh wakeupourfaith.com uh we got a facebook page twitter page uh twitter handle facebook all that stuff and we are in the process of uh of getting ready to introduce some really exciting stuff Kevin you want to you want to chat with about that for just a second just uh you know here for a few minutes to give people a little bit of a continue to have that conversation yeah, well, and I'll just I'll kind of tie together what we were talking about with this. Uh, you, you know, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think when you go through things in your life, and they have to be uh, enough to get you to to let go. So if you're holding on tight, um, <laughs> God, God loves you enough to make you let go. It might be painful. Now, if you're willing to let go without that, then then it, it didn't have to be so painful. Mm. For me, it was very painful. But what I learned in that, and, and I remember, you know, getting here and and your concern about the, I don't want to be pretentious, and, and and I love the, I love the heart behind that. But I think, you know, the 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 idea is is you speak kindly, um, but. The big thing is people need to see the power of God. So they need to see little things and big things. And the only way that we can do anything worthwhile is to uh, live this out, you know. So God gives us a platform so that we can live out being his children, and that's enough. And so what happens is you see little things like um, I've waited 20-some-odd years to surf and I didn't even, you know, my wife was trying to give me a surfboard for my birthday, and I refused it because I didn't want to spend the money. And God just gives me two surfboards. Now, that's a little thing. Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm at the homeless point and don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I'm being called to North Carolina. And then all of a sudden, uh, God forgives uh, $87,000 
on my home debt. And not only gets me here, but gets me here and with style, and I can buy haircuts now, and that's a big thing. And there's all kind of big things and all kind of little things and all kind of crazy, powerful things from my point of view. And I know you have your own. And, uh, you know, so, so how this ties together with what we're doing is we don't want to be pretentious in any way. I mean, wow, you know, what, what a ridiculous thing. But we also don't want to be insecure about our calling. Mm-hmm. And, and that, is, that takes boldness. And, and so we share, we want to just share truth. Uh, we don't believe we're right about everything or we have the answers to everything. We just know who does. Yeah. And we know how to get there. We know how to listen to him and become intimate. And so all we want to do is live this out and and have people see it, not see us, but to see him. Because, you know, when they can see him, then they start to believe and then they start to mm-hmm. to, to step into it for themselves. So this is about encouragement. It's about inspiration and uh, really, you know, all we have is to live this out. So in that, you know, God says, if you ask me, I'll give you wisdom uh, freely, without reproach. And that is amazing to me, if you really think about it. So we've got to get the to the depth of these truths and dig into them so that we can take them in, you know, instead of just passing them off as, Oh, yeah, I've heard that before, and who cares? I'd much rather spend my time on this over here. Okay, so if you want to look and see what God's doing, um, you know, we want to we wanna be able to tell you. We want to share stories with you, not just our stories, but other people's stories. So all that ties together with this idea of you are unique, and you have a place, in this world, and you have a legacy to leave, and that is God's fingerprint on the world. But through you, you are his expression, and we call that you print. And uh, that's what we're developing. Um, you know, it is about waking up your faith, but it's so much more than that. It's mm-hmm. about all of the things that uh, Christianity really represents, but without all the baggage and all the pretense and all the churchiness and all that crap. It's just about you, your father, and looking from heaven toward earth. All right, so what we're doing is we're creating an archive and building, uh, we're going to have videos, uh, all kinds of teaching tools, um, but uh, uh, almost manuals, if you will, for life. And we're calling them blueprints for life. And so our idea isn't to teach from some high-minded place, but just to walk with you. But as, as God gives us wisdom, because we continue to ask for it, and as we go through these things, and the power of God is expressed in our lives, we want to document these things and share them. And uh, so we're, we're creating all this, um, you know, not to, to build ourselves a platform, but because it's the only reason we're here. Mm-hmm. And it's, what, it's, it's how we can leave a legacy and, and help, help lots and lots of people. There you go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And, and I think us continuing to have that conversation with us, you know, on the air too, yeah. it, it's it's solidifying for what God's doing, um, and it's good. But you know one of the things you just said, Kevin, that I, that I feel I'm not sure people are willing to ask this question. What's that? Why am I here? Hmm. Why am I here? Well, and the, 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 it's a great question. Uh, but to me, there's a there's a sort of a better way to ask it than than that. 
it, if you're not a believer, why are you here? Well, you, who knows? I don't, but, and I can't help you. <laughs> I love you, but, uh, you know, I'm sorry that if you don't believe, then you, that's rah, rah, rah. I had a guy yesterday follow me on Twitter and then promptly say, why do you, uh, wouldn't it be better to tell these messages? He's looking at my tweets w- without religion attached. He said, that's rather divisive. And that was his message to me. And I'm like, where do I begin? I mean, you followed me. <laughs> Why? You like the message, you just don't like the God attached to it. Yeah. You know, so I'm sorry. Uh, we don't, we love everybody, right? We do. I'm just being uh, a little bit, uh, uh, I mean, I mean, a little casual with it, but but if you don't believe, you know, that there's a whole other story there. If you do believe, if you do, if you do, if you believe even a little bit, then this is about you and helping you get from here to here. And so why are you here is the big, big question. But But within that context, why are you here after you're his? Why are you here after salvation? Mm-hmm. Think that through. That's a big question, you know. And nobody can answer that without stepping into it, without living it out. We can answer it for us, and then we can share that example, and then we can help share principles and and, and deep ideas about it. And they're amazing. But uh, you know, how do you answer that question for yourself? It, you have to you have to start by stepping into it. Mm. But why are you here after you're his? Once you're his, it's time to go home, you know, right? Wouldn't that be the 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 the, the logical answer? I'm saved. I'm heaven bound. <laughs> Glory bound. I don't need to be here anymore. If that's what it's all about, just getting saved, then there's no point for you to be here. Well, the Bible is so uh deep and, and and wonderful in teaching us why we're here. But uh, if you just look at it as an old dusty book and, uh, you know, it's not a relationship and all that kind of stuff, then mm. you're not going to know. It's just going to be about salvation. And that's kind of how I grew up, you know. Uh, it's about getting saved. And uh, even that wasn't for sure. You know, it was kind of mm. yo-yo in and out. Based well, that's on that behavior. moment where you're like, I, am I, re- I mean it this time. I really mean it this time. You know yeah. what I mean? That wrestling point yeah. with God where you're like, okay, I've, I've, I've done this. I've said this prayer. I, I'm saying it again, you know, because I keep sinning, right? right. It's like, I, why, have, why have I not changed? You know what I mean? All right. that kind of stuff. Yeah, Friday, there's a U2 line uh, for, for all of you who love or hate U2. I just want, I want to grate on you a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but it's Friday night running and Sunday on my knees. I mean, it's a, that attitude of, uh, you know, the hypocrisy of uh, just living one way and then all of a sudden over and over and over. And and, and that becomes what your life is about. If, if you're yo-yoing in and out, uh, I mean, the enemy is so crafty. He'll make you waste your time on, on that when God said, man, I did it. Yeah, your mind. No way to live. I had a uh, <clears throat> kind of a vision. I paint a picture of uh, this this got a guy. It could be a girl, whoever. But I, I said uh, I was looking online and said, "What is the greatest tragedy?" Right? And there's a 
I think his name is Miles Monroe. He was a Bohemian minister. Um, I yeah. don't know if you know the name or whatever. I don't know much about him. I just yeah. saw a quote from books, him. Okay, listened to him for years. He died recently. Yeah, and a lot about him. In Plank, okay. Well, I saw. I found this quote by Miles Monroe as I was looking up this this thought I had, and the quote was something like this: "It said the great tragedy of life is not death, but a life without purpose." That was his slogan on it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I had a picture of a guy or girl, like I said, waking up 60, 6, 16, 26, whatever, just waking up and realizing that they had lived the majority of their life in a state of discontentment. You know what I mean? Just yeah. just waking up and loathing the day, waking up and letting their circumstances and their emotions dictate the way they feel, just waking up as a pawn to the world. Mm-hmm. That's the tragedy, right? And it's, and it's tied into what uh, right. I think Monroe was getting at, is that death's not the tragedy. It's this purpose, right? And But I just, I had this picture, man, of, of gosh knows, just just that that spirit of discontentment that that rests and it resides among us and we have to cast it out you know what i mean we have to cast right. it out and so um i don't know that's that's just that, that that's the thing for me that's just been on my heart lately it's just i i don't want to see people just meandering through life in just this mundane existence well it's twofold you i think we have to uh we have to be passionate about the message, and and as if you're, you know, this is a kind of a cliche, but as if you're a fireman, and somebody's in the house and the house is burning, uh, you know, if they might get mad at you for how you grab them to get them out of there, they might not like it, it might hurt a little bit, but uh, that doesn't relieve us of the responsibility to get in there and get them. Mm. Um, so you know, people use that for salvation and evangelism. Well, we can use it as well for discipleship. Discipleship is, is, you know, that's the journey. That's the sanctification process. That's what your life is about. <clears throat> it, it's not about salvation. <clears throat> salvation is something that is a free gift, and we have to accept it, and we have to trust, absolutely. And there's only one name, and, that, and you know, we know the story. So that's, I mean, that's just like starting at go. Hmm. Uh, but the rest of life isn't about forgetting that, but it's about launching from that point forward and going, oh, wow, I'm in. I I made it. God did it. Thank you to him. And there's no yo-yoing and there's no worries. Um, So our behavior changes through the sanctification process. We don't have to, you know, uh, build this long list of I must do this today or I must do that. It is learning to fall in love with God as a father and then follow him with everything, knowing that if you, if you, the desire of your heart is to surf as long as you're his, mm-hmm. and he's going to take care of you. If the desire of your heart is to eat spaghetti one night, if you need a parking space, man, God will do it for you. <laughs> I'm amazed at this, but I've seen it over and over again, even down to the the white Christmas lights that showed up in the back of the car you know, I, I share that story another yeah. time, but I mean, the, these are things that are impossible. They cannot happen by by science or logic, by the laws of physics. But I've seen them happen, and uh, you know, they're not they're not the kind of thing that a lot of us want to see. Where you know, somebody gets a new a new limb or a new spleen, or you know, they get healed of a disease. But these are uh, they they are physical manifestations of. God on earth, and uh, it's amazing. It's so amazing. And if you haven't seen it, 
then you know you always question it. Yeah. But the moment you start stepping into it and you see it and you are patient with God and you see it, that your faith grows to the place, and then your mind opens up to, wow, I'm astonished. What have I been leaving on the table all these years? And you start to see yourself as a child of the creator of everything. And and, And you have a job to do here on earth. You have a problem to solve. That's what your life is about. Now, God may give you this job and that feeds you or whatever. That's fine, but that's not what your life is necessarily about. It could be, you know, if that Mm -hmm. is your purpose. But all this kind of stuff has to unwind. And but but I'm going back to the idea of pretense. So we it's too important for us to hold back out of fear and be worried about, oh no, I'm gonna be high minded or somebody's not gonna like it. Right. We we have to be kind, yeah. But but Wow, I mean, we've got a huge responsibility, you know, and that there's passion in that. Just like David, when he ran up to Goliath, you know, he didn't hold back. And go, you know, I don't want to offend you, Goliath, <laughs> <laughs> or he didn't, you know, not offend Saul or right. or all those guys. And you know, I mean, we both love David, but uh, anyway, so yeah, it's all I'm saying is this is so important. Uh, we just are passionate about it. You know, there's no pretense in it. It's it's truly out of love. We want to share it. We want to live it out. Uh, and selfishly, I want to I want to live it out because it's great to be a son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great. But I want to share it with people too, just like you do, so that they can see that it's for them too. Yeah. You know, it's not. Look at me. I'm in a pulpit or I'm on a platform and I have an entourage or I have a big Twitter following. Ah, whatever. I mean, if God gives you that, great. You don't have to focus on that or talk about that. Focus on Him. Talk about Him and share the things He does. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing. So that's what that's what we're wanting to do. And, uh, you know, we were talking a little earlier in the car, and, and I'm no expert at this, but I can see it. And um, we're talking about quantum physics and energy. And uh, the idea is that science points to God. Hmm. And uh, we're getting to that place. Say that again. Science points to God, and science will ultimately point to God the further we go down that path, because it is parabolic. It is Hebrew thinking, and it, 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 uh, it looks just the opposite right now, you know, this evolution idea and all this stuff. But God is, uh, he is... Like, Completing he, the ark. That's right. As in the days of Noah, science will ultimately point to him. And I think the beginnings of that are are uh, quantum physics and, uh, you know, the electron particle and what happens to that even when, uh, when, when it's viewed. It changes. It's amazing. I mean, there's so much to that. We can talk a little bit about it. Again, I'm no scientist. I'm no expert. I'm an old surfer. But uh, I know God. I know him. And uh, he's amazing. So he reveals stuff. And, and uh, anyway, energy, light, it, it's, it's all part of this equation. You know, mm-hmm. how did Jesus wilt that fig tree? Well, it, the science can, can speak to that now. And now, now, most scientists aren't. You yeah. know, I think it's hokey pokey stupid. But when we just talk about faith, uh, that's one thing. But when science begins to open up and, and we can start seeing, wow, that's so cool. You mean, you know, in John, right there in the beginning, it talks about uh, through him all things were created. And essentially nothing was created 
uh, unless it was created through him. And that is the word, that is Jesus. And even in the beginning, God said, let there be light. He didn't draw light. He said it. It's spoken. It's through the word. So anyway, we can get into that. You'd you know, yeah. Well, I love the bit. idea because, like I said, I mean, you know, going back to this concept of of you know uh, the power of the Holy Spirit and what that looks like, you know, I think yeah. that listen, let's be honest. In both dynamics, in both uh, polarities, mm-hmm. you know, the, I feel like that uh, unfortunately man has perverted the gospel for their own gain, benefit, glory, whatever you yeah, want to call it. Sure. You know, both both ends of the mm-hmm. spectrum. And so the automatic uh, realist or hesitant side of me or anybody mm-hmm. says, wait a second, is that real? You know what I mean? That 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 doubting Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, show me the, the nail scars, Lord. And Jesus loved him too. Absolutely. And he did it. And he showed him. He did. You know, it, but but he was willing. Thomas was willing to see, right? And Thomas to touch. had a good heart, just like uh, Peter did. Yeah, you know where Judas' heart was kind of kind of messed up. Yeah, and so uh, it's interesting because this this whole idea is uh, we I visited some family recently, and I was telling you about this, and this will kind of launch that conversation. Is my my brother in law showed me a, a a video? It's a documentary, and uh, I believe it was called the Holy Ghost or Holy Ghost, something like that. And um, you, yeah. you, you, you correct me. You know more about it than I do because when I asked you about it, you said you were very familiar with it. Yeah, it's a series, and in, in, uh, there are four of them. And they started in '07. Uh, director Darren Wilson uh, created these these series. Uh, they're all about showing God as a Father and uh, opening us up to the Holy Spirit. And so the final uh, one is, and they're all on Netflix now. That's why I was telling you that there's four of them. Um, uh, I can't remember, Finger of God, Furious Love, uh, Father of Lights, and the Holy Spirit, which came out a couple years ago. Yeah. Now. But now they're on Netflix, so they're open, more people are going to see them. So yeah, anyway, it was back to you. very interesting. My, my brother-in-law brought that to my attention. He's like, have you ever seen this stuff before? And I was like, I, I hadn't, you know what I mean? I hadn't seen it. And so he showed it to me, and I sat there and watched it. It was so yeah. enthralled. I was just mm-hmm. so intrigued by it because I felt that part of myself the doubting part of myself, and it's almost like I could separate. Like we talk about, the Word of God separates joint from marrow, soul from spirit. There was a part of me, that soulish part of me, that was doubting and was afraid, and it seemed different, and I could feel that. Yet there was this part of me that was the Spirit of God saying that this is my Holy Spirit, right? This is Jesus. This is what He did. Yeah. This is how He lived. This is the church in Acts. Right. You know, it, it's yeah. not. It's not. It, it's in Scripture. Absolutely, it's there. It's there. It's there. It's there. It's it there. Go away, and you know, it's there. And it was just this amazing thing to see these guys who who sat there and they set out to. Uh, make a movie that was directed by God. And they said, where are we going to go today? And they decided to go. They felt like the Holy Spirit was leading them to Salt Lake City, or they felt like the Holy Spirit was leading them to India. They felt like the Holy Spirit was leading them to wherever, and they went. And the conversations that they have and and, and what they did and reaching out and bringing people to Christ and and healing people or whatever, and it was just letting down. They went to a corn concert, you know, which was crazy. Here's this heavy metal band, you know, and and, and these people standing outside with addictions and, you know, all kinds of Mm -hmm. stuff, and they're proclaiming the name of Jesus. That's right. Well, yeah, the the, uh, Brian Head Welch has been a Christian now for, I don't know, 
six, seven years, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the, uh, the band has followed. So they are believers. I don't know if they all are, but, but they are. Yeah. And so they've come back together to be corn in a whole different way. But they still have the same fan base. They're still making great music, if you're if that's your kind of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, it, <clears throat> yeah. So your point is, it, it, and we're talking about the fear. Yeah. Uh, so so my question would be to anyone is, what are you afraid of? What do you think's going to happen? You know, when you're watching that and you see things that appear to be miraculous, uh, what is the doubt? about what's the fear what do you think is going to happen that's my question for you or anybody uh you know we're talking to our audience yeah what are you afraid of what do you think is going to happen yeah for me i think the fear is rooted in the fear for me is rooted in well maybe i just don't believe then you know, there's a doubt there that, that leads to, if I don't understand that, if I can't wrap my head around it, then maybe I don't get any of it. You know what I mean? There's that seed of doubt, which I believe is a lie, you know, mm-hmm. but but you asked where the birthplace of that fear is. And for me, that's it. You know, it's that, uh, it, can I really believe this? You know, can I really let myself go to that place where I can accept and believe these things as truth? Right. And the second part of it is for me is, the idea that Jesus said, uh, with the faith of the mustard seed, you can move mountains. Mm-hmm. And I've prayed for people that I've watched die. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I'm saying, well, then your faith is weak. You know what I mean? And that's the part that I wrestle with deep down, really, you know, that, that comes forth in that place that, that, that starts to stir up that, mm-hmm. yeah, but in me. Right. And I hate it. And I hate it. But what God's been revealing to me is is just a slow, gentle unveiling, right, mm-hmm. of His purposes, and it, and and sh- learning to segregate that fear from His Spirit because they're not the same. Right. Well, He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, and uh, we 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 make decisions by that so often, and call it wisdom, mm-hmm. and it's just not. Mm-hmm. You know, wisdom and fear cannot coexist. They are not the same thing. And yet we we really, really, uh, I, I would say the majority of the time, make decisions from fear, and then we, we want to walk away with a victory, so we go, yeah, yeah, that was wise. But really it was that pitter-patter of our heart, you know, just having escaped something, we think. You know, buying the right car, making the right deal, whatever it is, uh, you know, it, it, there's fear uh, it, it ain't wisdom. If it's coming from fear, it ain't wisdom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's not to say that we don't need to have discernment about things. Um, I think what most people are afraid of is deception. Most people feel like, uh, uh, you know, that's kind of wacky. Yeah. I mean, you know, go back to Finger of God back in 07. Uh, and, uh, and I, you know, I've got these videos. Uh, you know, you, you see interesting things you know people getting new dental work in their in their mouth or you see uh jewels falling from the sky and you see things that that uh, you're not going to see down at your local whatever church and um <clears throat> some of it is seems offensive even uh especially if you grew up the way I did um you know, and and kind of in a way, it's not about how I grew up. We kind of all grew up that way mm-hmm. uh, because things have shifted. But 
the bottom line is when you pray for somebody to be healed, um, the first thing is, is God telling you to do that? Now, in Scripture, there's a general idea that, yeah, you need to lay hands on or get the elders to and, you know, anoint and, and pray for the sick and, and, and all that. That's one thing. So no matter what, even if they die or even if they remain sick or whatever, does the question I have is, does that relieve you of the responsibility to remain faithful? And, you know, depending on your answer, I guess you have to go either way. But uh, to me, it does not relieve us. Just because something doesn't happen the way we predict or think or hope or see, it does not relieve us of the responsibility to be faithful. God calls us to faith. Healing is is part of the ministry or a byproduct of who we are on earth. I mean, Jesus said, "You'll do greater things." You know, feed. You know, we need to feed people. We need to we need to participate in these things. But we're called to faith, and the only we can't even love people without faith. So our foundation, we can't pull that out the moment you know somebody doesn't get healed. Uh, what about Enoch? You know, in the garden or, or or walking with God in the cool of the morning. And God just took him. Well, God does what he wants to do. That doesn't relieve our responsibility to be faithful. So that's one question. The other thing about deception is um, if God lives in you, then he speaks to you. Now, you may not listen. You may not know how to listen. I'm not talking to you, Matt. I'm talking to anybody, me, anybody. And if you don't know how to listen to him, um, that's the first thing that you got to do. You got to start getting quiet. You got to start beginning to to lay everything down so that you can be hollow and let him speak. And he will, and he'll lead us. But so, you know, my experience has been that you don't have to be live in fear of deception or, or, or worry about that because if you're truly his and you're truly hungry, you know, God will not give us a stone if we ask for bread. He's good, and he will show us. Um, and I've seen that in my own life you know, and exploring different things, I get a check. I get a catch in my spirit. It's not an emotion. It's not the other kind of fear. It's, oh, wow. And then he gives me some wisdom about it. And guess what? The scripture doesn't back it up. It makes no sense. And I'm not talking about doctrine. I'm talking about deep, deep stuff here. So we need to be able to jump out there and, and, and be free and see this as an adventure and know that God will give us discernment and wisdom if we ask for it. And, uh, but that's not the kind of stuff that's beating people up going, oh, you're, you're a witch or, oh, you're some occult freak or, you know, whatever. I mean, man, wow, Jesus loves these people. So we, we don't need to be afraid of this. We need to step into it. And one other thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll you know, quiet down here, but um, God, you know, he's, he's, he is offensive to us in so many ways uh, on purpose. He challenges us. You know, that's why if you read it in, in Corinthians uh, about the, you know, the fool, and that's why the name of my book is The Extravagant Fool, uh, he, you know, he confounds the wise. It's the weak. It's the upside-down nature of all this. So we've got to be able to go there and step into this idea that things aren't the way they appear. And if we can start doing that, we'll, we won't be offended anymore. But God does that to kind of challenge us, kind of push us a little bit. But I do believe that if, if we uh, 
are caught up in ourselves and pretense and logic and what we think is right and wrong, and we're stuck on that, rather than being led by the Spirit, then God will offend us, and it will we'll, we'll get mad. Mm. But then, uh, because He loves us, He'll show us, and it may take a lifetime. Yeah, it's it, it to me. It just it all boils down to this willingness to let go of what you think. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. it's just at the end of the day, that's that's what it is. It's just this willingness to be open to His right. voice, to His heart, and let Him speak. You know, and, and, and I think that the another fear for me that I see is that a lot of people, I believe, especially people that might be in the corporate world, they don't want to necessarily go here because they feel like that God's going to say, well, you got to give up your job and move to Africa and start an orphanage or whatever. Yeah, become the kid on the poster. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and I think that that is the... That's a lie. I mean, I think that's a lie because I, I think that, you know, God has created each of us individually with individual purposes. The right. idea is, are you listening to him right. instead of shunning out his voice? And, and and the thing is, is that you probably aren't listening to him if you're afraid of losing your job, yeah. you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And and that is a hard, hard hard place to go, right. but it is where he calls us. He calls us to go to that. Things we talked about on the show the other day from Luke, you know, talking about it's Jesus said, hate your brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers and whatever to become my disciple, you know, and that's what he's getting at, you know. Yeah. It, it's this it's this idea you that... You can't be my disciple unless you give up all your possessions. Wow. Think about that. Uh, yeah, not to not to interrupt yeah. you, but it's hard stuff, and it's offensive. It is offensive to that guy or that gal who is making it, and they're making it, and they're getting there, and they're and they're striving, and they're proud of their accomplishments. Well, that's fine, but man, that yeah. So this kind of stuff is offensive if they let themselves go there. Mm-hmm. But what happens is if you do. God opens it up to you, and you start to understand, oh, I get what he's saying. This is joyful. He's peeling the gunk off of me. He's taking me back from being a city bus back down to being a minivan, mm-hmm. you know, getting all the gunk off. You know, if you paint that thing a hundred times, it's going to end up being a city bus, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's about being uh, pruned a little bit uh, in, in the spirit and, and getting some of this gunk off of you so you can live a life that's... It's worthy of his calling, which is like you know that that cartoon where the where Jesus has a ba- a big old bear behind his back, and the, the little girl comes and and she's got this little raggedy bear, this small thing, and uh, you know she didn't want to give it up, and he's asking for it while holding this other one behind his back. So you know, God, you you, you want a little rusty bike, go for it. But God's got a Harley, you know, shiny brand new Harley for you, or surfboards, or whatever it is you need. I mean, uh, so so, it, it, but you can't get it without going in there, and that requires stepping past these fearful, offending ideas that seem bad. He's not saying hate your family. He's not saying you have to give everything away. That's not what he's saying. But you have to be willing to. You have to go to that place and be disconnected so that you can be reconnected with him. Well, that's the thing is I've been reading through Acts lately, and that's what you see in the early church. That's right. It, they they were they let go. That's right. They really did. They had let go. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys right now. I think in a Christian space, like David Platt's one that comes to mind. You know, David Platt. 
um, is a is a young, you know, full of fire, kind of ambitious guy. He's about overseas missions and stuff like that. And right. and a lot of these guys paint these pictures and they say, well, the the the, the early church leaders were all martyred and crucified or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's a, it's a similar kind of vein, but it paints it as this like martyrdom is is to be honored. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I think that the heart is not to be a martyr. The heart is listen to your father. You know what I mean? There there are some who he will call, you know, to, right. to do that work. But there will some there are some that he will call to stay, you know. Paul and Peter had very different, you know, m- ministries. Mm-hmm. You know, Peter was for the Jewish people, you know, and and Paul was to go take the word to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And so it's it there's there's a difference there. And I think that, that that intimacy with God is the only thing that will bring that about. You know, get into that place and shut it all off. Well, it, it it's <clears throat> the the thing is is if you can get past what you see, which is exactly what God says. He says walk by faith, not by sight. But we don't take that at face value, and we just continue to walk by sight, and we talk about faith. It's ridiculous. Um, and I'm just here to say, look, you know, I'm nobody. I, I, seriously, I'm just a 50-year-old clown. I've been around for a while, seen a few things. But I've been rich, and I've been poor, and I've been all over the world, and I've just seen some things where now I can look back and go, you know what? Not only is God real, but he's better than we can imagine. He's better than we hope, and he is he wants to be seen as a father, and he wants to have that relationship with us. And if we'll let go and walk in that, our life will have eternal impact. It will have so much more impact. And, and, and so that question of why am I here gets answered. But we get to have joy in the process. The suffering part of it that's talked about in First Peter 5 isn't you know, there's suffering in the world and there's sickness because the world's broken. That's different. That's something that we all encounter in one way or another. But the, the, the other kind of suffering, the kind that is intentional uh, in the picking up of our cross, that is to teach us. That is to help us let go of strongholds and things that we've been holding on to, things our parents said over us that they didn't mean to, yeah. you know, things that we're, we're in, we feel inadequate or, or the spirit of rejection or the orphan spirit or all this crap that gets put on us. Suffering relieves that, and, and it hurts to get those things pulled off of us. But then we're free. You know, again, we talked about this. We're free of death, fear of death. We're free of the, the fear of poverty. and We're free of the fear of the opinions of people, men, and then we're free. So then you can start getting on your Harley and riding it. You can start tapping into this thing that, you know, uh, is so powerful. You can see your future, the desires of your heart. God wants to give them to you. They're not bad. The problem is we get mixed up with the will. We got to let go of our will, which is the how part. Hmm. You know, and that's that's and that's you know it's a whole other show. We've already done one on this, but we can do another one. But uh, anyway. It's just the the idea is our life, our experience is meant for one thing right now. In in this vein, it is to show people that God is better. And if they'll just step past these fearful things, don't be afraid to watch that. Don't be afraid to to step into that, to pray about it. You don't have to jump in and and act like that. You know, if you don't want to go to a concert and and prophesy or pray over people, that's fine. You don't have to. But don't poo-poo it just because you don't understand it. Right. You know? And, uh, it, I mean, God's supernatural. So I'm not championing, uh, championing it 
or defending it. I'm just saying that don't be afraid. Yeah. Go forward and trust God to lead you. You know, that's that's all. Yeah. Well, man, I, I'll be I'll be honest and share a quick story before we close up the show today. Is is that spirit of fear has been kind of lingering, you know, around and around me lately? And I've talked to you about this. You know, it, it's these last six or seven months have been very challenging with our family. Our kids have been constantly sick, and sure. and and that sickness leads to this kind of fear, and then fear leads to panic that something's going to happen to one of them, and you hold on to them for dear life. You're just like, don't take my kids, right? And that's the thing. It's just that that part, right? Well, then couple that with my own history. You know, I had uh, spreading melanoma in 2000 and gracious, 14. It's been uh, two years, actually, next week Mm -hmm. since it was removed, and I went back for my appointment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the doctor had a long, serious conversation, and she showed me these different spots on my arm, and she said, you know, if there's 10 or more in a certain area uh, of these moles, then you are predisposed to melanoma coming back and all these things. Mm. And and couple that with my kids being sick, with just all this stuff, this spirit of fear is just like yeah. heavy, you know, is weighing down. And, and just the show itself, Kevin, and our conversations have been just such a refreshing place for me to understand that anytime I feel fear, I'm not fearing, feeling the spirit of God, that that's not what he gave me. He gave me peace. It's yeah. the very offering of the gospel is peace. Nothing more, nothing less. It is absolute peace and freedom. Right. That is it. And so I can choose in that moment to give into the fear, to give into what I see, to give into to right. all of that, or I can choose to give into the peace. Yeah. I can choose to go to that place mm-hmm. and say, Father, I count it all as loss because I have you and and that is good enough. And and that is joy. That is eternity. Right. So, you know, I, I speak from my own life in the midst of this struggle to say that it is real. Like I understand how you feel and you're afraid. You're afraid afraid of, of sickness, you're afraid of death, you're afraid of you know your income situation, you're afraid of cancer, you're afraid of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That is not from God ever, That's right. period, ever. That's right. You cannot give a foothold to it. And, you know, again, I'm just, I'm learning to have the courage to speak in the power of God in the name of Jesus against that stuff Mm -hmm. and stand firmly on what he has given us. Because it says in Thessalonians, I I say this verse all the time, but his will for our lives is to be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all things. Mm -hmm. We are to embrace a spirit of, of, of joy, of prayer, and and gratitude before our God. Mm-hmm. And in that place, He just he unleashes His Spirit in us. And so that's my, my two cents. Um, for those that might be in that place where you feel the fear, um, just say that that's not what you're to give in to. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's debilitating, and it, it will keep you from uh, why you're here. And uh, it, the sooner you can get hold of that, I think another part of this process is is that we have to be patient. God is slow and deep, and uh, typically, uh, you know, you can get a suddenly you can you can see Him break through in, in amazingly quick ways, and I've seen it. Um, but uh, typically, God is slow, and it, because that's that's what we need. And uh, just like our children need us to be gentle and long suffering with them and patient. But, uh, you know, he's real. And, um, you know, we've got to come to grips with that. We've got to take that fork in the road that says, I believe he's real, and I'm going to start living that way. And that is going to be a little scary 
But if you can step past that and stand on His Word, um, and, 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 you know, don't, don't listen. We've talked about this before, but, but don't think about Jesus' name as, as kind of something to tack on to it. And I think what you're saying, Matt, is different from that. It's, but, but another way to look at it is um, see yourself in Jesus' name. So when you're praying in Jesus' name, you're actually praying from uh, this, this name, this, this amazing place of sonship. You know, picture his name, if you will, in a big circle on the ground, and you're in the middle of it. I mean, you are in his name. So you're praying from it. You're praying as a son from heaven. You're praying God's will. Uh, as long as, as you are intimate with him, um, so you need to see his power and feel it and trust it. You know, it's not something you tack on to at the end of a prayer and just go, oh, yeah, well, his name just did it all. No, you are a son. You have power. You you are in the family. And, uh, uh, you, you know, he says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe and you'll receive. And so you've got to believe it before you receive it. And believing it, part of that is feeling it, truly feeling it. And you, you know what? I don't like fake it till you make it, but sometimes you have to you have to go there. You have to allow yourself to think differently in that moment and start believing what, but but it all it's all standing upon His Word. So we're not talking about hocus pocus here. You know, it's just amazing. Yeah. But but it but if we're patient, sometimes be patient. You know, and God will come through, and and you'll see. Even if He doesn't come through in the way you think, you will see how He weaves it all together, and it's just beautiful. It's, I'm not talking about wishful thinking here. Yeah. There's a phrase in, in the New Testament called patient endurance. It's mentioned a couple of times, and that's what I love. It's patience combined with endurance, you know, and, uh, and that's, what, that's what true patience is, you know, and, and, and it's, a, it's absolute uh, truth, and, and it's good. And this has been a great hour. Uh, for those of you that are listening, thank you guys for being here. I, I hope that this conversation has been edifying. I hope that it's been uplifting and, and encouraging for you guys. And, you know, we're here on the first day of June. It's a brand new month, and uh, every day we have that opportunity to be renewed, and uh, we have a month ahead of us, and uh, and I just pray that you guys would go to that place, that you would go to the place where you begin to feel what this is like, to feel that relationship with God lived out in your life in every single capacity, and, and take your fears and take your worries to Him. His burden is light, right? That's so, right. So yeah. we, we, we cast it on Him, and, and we receive that lightness from Him, not only in the weight of it, but also His light that radiates from us and, and to others. So I hope you guys would experience that this month. And as always, if we can walk along with you, Feel free to reach out. We are on uh, the web at wakeupourfaith.com. Go there, check us out in your name, email address, and we'll be in touch. Um, next week, we're actually going to be off the live air, but we'll have some replays available. Uh, so make sure you guys are here with us, and then we'll return the following week for live show of Wake Up with Matt Ham and Kevin Adams. Hope you guys uh, have a wonderful, blessed day, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.